Welcome back to another episode of Tech Finds, episode 45. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, I am your host for tonight, Colin Gallagher, joined along with my fabulous co-host, uh, Melissa Gurney Green. Hello. And Mr. Scott Nolandi. Is this thing on? Check, check, check. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <Lord>. Finally, Scott. <laughs> finally. Okay. Yes. All right. Good. Thank Bless you. Bless your wow. heart. Yes. Oh man, I yeah, for, I, for I, someone who's technical, Scott, you tend to have a lot of mic challenges. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. It seems to just be with this. But anyway, okay, we'll 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 address that in the uh, the post show wrap up and discuss any sort of technical issues that we've run into. So I'm sorry. Not a problem. Not a problem. Um, as I said, thanks again for joining us tonight. It's been a week, and I'm glad to have, be having some great wine and some great company and talking a little tech for y'all. Um, tonight's topics, uh, let's start with the wine topic first. Um, I challenged everyone last week to pick a wine for the summer. Um, you know, their go-to, what, what they think their go-to wine for the summer is going to be. Um, Melissa, since you've got your glass in hand, what, what, what's in that glass? Uh, it's an Albarino. <laughs> it's it's um dry but citrusy and refreshing um I'm, i love it it's um this one is valdo sosego and obviously it's a, a white wine for those of you who do not know albarino it's it's got kind of a saw blanc feel to it with a little less of the the kind of um goodness what notes I don't, <laughs> it's similar to a Sauvignon, but, um, but more citrusy and, and more happiness. So, um, this, this is my, my, I guess, wine prediction for summer is, is right. this one. That's, I, I think it's a good choice. It's a little minerally too, if I remember correctly, right? Is there a little bit mm -hmm. mineral? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I like that in a good, in a good summer white. I think that's a really good choice. Yeah. It's from North, it's from Northern coast of Portugal, Northwest coast of Portugal. Um, close to Spain. Spain, you get a lot. You get a lot of it in, in southern Spain as well. Yeah, yeah. Is it uh, is it chilled? This one, yeah, yeah. Okay, R right out of the fridge, chilled, right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And if I remember correctly, there's a. I don't think they've ever done genetic testing on this one. I haven't seen any results, but Albarino is related to Riesling. So if you like Rieslings, it's sort of a it's sort of a Riesling cousin clone, something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot less sweet, though, thankfully. Yes. <laughs> well, you can get dry reasons, yep. And Scott, what are you drinking? What's your What's your call for the summer? Well, I had been well, I had been on a, a thing around white wines for the last couple of episodes, so I wanted to switch it up. And you know, my go-to has always been uh, a Tuscan or a Super Tuscan, so I was kind of looking around for that, and I found, um, you know, a really fun uh, bottle. Um, it's a, a, a Sepiano is the uh, the winery. Uh, but the label is a is a Keith uh, Herring uh, piece of artwork. So, um, you know, very cool, just a sort of hip kind of retro sort of label. And I figured, OK, we'll we'll give that a shot. And I'm glad I did. I, it was like about thirty two bucks for the bottle. Um, but it is it is excellent. I would have to say um, it is uh, it's aged for a year. Uh, in the oak barrels before it is bottled, and this is the uh, the 2015, and I can definitely taste sort of the kind of like not a cho definitely a chocolate, more of kind of like a white chocolate, vanilla, but it is a uh, very buttery. It's it's smooth, um, not very acidic at all. So that's one of the things I like. It's just it's just a clean sort of mellow sort of buttery, Swedish, but not too sweet uh, in terms of the, uh, the taste and the, uh, and the flavor. So um, first time I've had this, this particular bottle, um, and I definitely like it, and I will definitely be getting a couple more of these next time I go out because it is, it is definitely that good. So I'm glad I tried it. Um, and again, I stayed away from the whites just because not that I whites, you know, I like whites during the summer because I always think, you know, here it is, you know, it's still daylight out. But then I was trying to expand a little bit and say, well, let's just say it's a nice evening and, you know, we're going to sit out and, um, you know, maybe have a have a fire on the deck or something like that. And what would go good with that if you just wanted to have, you know, a couple of glasses of wine and, and keep it pretty simple. And this would this would definitely be a good call for something like that. Cool. Nice. Very nice. So I am actually drinking a rosé. Um, oh, return of uh, the rosé. Return of the rosé. Yeah, uh, it's not what I wanted. I was actually looking for something else. I'm, I'm 
I, I sort of when I came up with this is I really wanted to do and talk about Chenin Blanc, um, which is a, a, a white varietal that is uh, it's grown in, in, in France, obviously, in other places, but it's heavily grown in South Africa. And I and they make some great Chenin Blanc in South Africa. Okay. And so I was looking for a South African Chenin Blanc and I couldn't find one, but I found a South African rosé. So, so, so I'm, I'm saying this is going to be the summer of South African wines. That's, that's how I'm going for it. Um, right okay, this is a, a Mulderbosch um, rosé. It's from, it's from Cabernet Sauvignon grapes. Um, um, and and um, it's, um, it's semi dry or, or, or um, so it's, it's, it's got a hint of sweetness to it, um, but it's not cloyingly sweet. It's not a sweet rosé. Um, and it is a great, um, um, you know, it's a screw cap, which is nice, easy open, easy drink. It's, but it's a great, you know, sit out by the pool, um, you know, you know, before dinner, um, uh, um, uh, great wine. And, again, and I'll, at some point, I'll do this. I'll get this. Order some Chenin Blanc and get that as well. It just didn't. Uh, I wasn't able to find they can get here in time because um, it's been a week. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really enjoying it again. Return of the rosé, and I think rosé is always a good summer wine, particularly for, at least for me. A, a good dry rosé is, is 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 a good way to go. I'm, I'm not a big sweet rosé fan. It puts you in the mood for the summer, right? And I think that's yeah. the, the key thing. It's a, it's kind of a, it's, it's a weird day here in, uh, in New England. It's, uh, it's mid-April, and we've already had um, a day um, just the last couple of days where it was almost 80 degrees. Uh, tonight we're getting snow. So <laughs> we're at that kind of crossover point where, you know, we want to be, uh, you know, spring, summer, uh, nice weather, but you know this is still New England, so you know we've got nine months of winter that we have to go through before the uh, the nice weather shows up. But um, yeah, it is it, it, it's good to start to think about you know uh, summer coming up. The days are getting longer, so that's that's uh, that's fun. Uh, a little bit of a fun fact: we are almost at the one year anniversary um, since we kicked off Tech Vines as a podcast. Yes, it was uh, April twenty fourth of of 2020 was the uh the first episode so we're uh just about uh, a little bit over a week away from hitting that milestone of the uh the one year anniversary so good yes, stuff indeed. there i didn't know that well yeah i thought it was later in the year but yeah nope i i actually researched it i wanted to go and make sure that i had my talking point correct so no it's 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 upon us for for sure yeah um LinkedIn reminded me last week. So, so for the tech topic tonight, um, I wanted I wanted to talk about tech that inspired us, you know, um, to to do things or to be different in our normal lives. So, so that was the challenge I posed last week, sort of a little bit differently. So you know, something that came from the tech world that inspired you to, you know, do something, pursue something, you know you know, join a career, you know, so I'm, so I'm sure all of us were sort of inspired by some piece of tech to get into this. Um, so that was sort of the first what I was thinking of, but, you know, things that have helped you, you know, throughout your life, you know, um, you know, that had sort of that, had that crossover approach. Um, you know, for me, the, the you know, I, I think, you know, the number one thing, I'll start off with the easy one. And I can remember I knew, you know, I, I played with computers, you know, in, in high school and, in, and even in eighth grade. But I remember seeing the Macintosh at the first store on Michigan Avenue in Chicago, um, in 1984 and sitting there and playing with it and just knowing that this was this was changing my life the way you could manipulate things with a mouse and that just made me you know it, it, it accelerated my love for technology and made me know that I wanted to have a career doing something with technology but there are plenty of other options like that as well so let's I want to see what other people have have come up with for that I went with a kind of a more I was I was just thinking back, you know, shorter term in terms of the, you know, the things that have influenced me. And I would have to say, believe it or not, the podcast has been, um, you know, uh, a, a great opportunity to practice sitting in a room by yourself and still engaging with other people. Right. And the reason why I say that. So we've done 45 of these. So that's a whole bunch. But. You know the the, uh, the the role has changed. Where in the past you would go out and you'd be in front of a you know a live physical audience and you'd have that you know that that kind of engagement where you could you could talk to people. Um, and it's it's very different doing everything kind of remote over you know over a computer. So I think just being able to be comfortable with that and you know being able to play through some of the technical difficulties without trying to you know cast any 
unnecessary light to any of the technical difficulties that are happening in the in the background. Um, just being able to um, carry on that conversation and knowing that it's probably not a two way conversation for eighty percent of it because most people are probably you know they're they're either you know muted and not speaking and in some cases muted not speaking and let's just say they're multitasking so you know you only have drips and drabs in terms of the actual attention. But being able to uh, to do that, and one of the one of the ways that, that I see it helping is so I still do a bunch of videos. So matter of fact, I have to go into the uh, the physical office next week uh, to shoot a bunch of things. And I think if it were not for the practice with the podcast and being able to not read from a script, but be able to have a conversation and conduct an interview and to be able to just kind of, you know, freewheel and, 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 and have that conversation. I think this has been a great weekly one hour practice session to be able to, to do that and become comfortable in doing that. Because I think if, it, if, you know, I only went in and did it, you know, a couple of times a year, it, 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 they probably wouldn't come off as well as they do now with the fact that I think a lot of the practice that I get is from doing the, uh, the podcast with, uh, with a couple of great friends, by the way. So this is always, it's not just great practice, but it's also uh, a fun opportunity to sit and chit chat with some, uh, some wonderful people. How was that? Huh? Pretty buttery, right? <laughs> yes, totally, yes. Oh my goodness. Wow. So most, um, yep. to kind of follow it up and, and wrap back around to, to Colin's initial thought, um, the thing that inspired me to go into technology, I'd say first was the compact luggable, but that wasn't the moment when I was like, hey, I'm in this. It was like, oh, this is fun. Um, and then I, I think that led me to take my first um, computer-oriented class, which was in high school, thankfully, um, QBasic. And QBasic was fun because we had this obnoxious teacher that um, was kind of a caricature of himself um, most of the time and just uh, just kind of crazy, interesting, hilarious kind of guy. Um, but at the end of the year, we had these two hour long finals and he's like, OK, write a program that that does this for your final. So we all got done like super, super early, like within 15 minutes, we were all done with our final and it was like, OK, we could play Doom for the next hour and 40 minutes or what have you, or we could, um, we, we could do something else. And what I discovered in QBasic is that you can replicate digital bell sounds. And we had a digital bell at our high school at the time. So, um, so I spent the next probably 20, 30 minutes figuring out how to replicate that bell sound. And then I handed out that little program to all of my, um, classmates and I said okay let's all press enter together and do this and see if it works and sure enough we all press enter together and it sounded like the bell and the teacher let us all out of class like an hour early. <laughs> we were just kind of roaming around messing around and the next year he pulled me aside and he's like I know it was you but <laughs> but that was that was brilliant and you should keep at it <laughs> and, and it was it was then that kind of started my I need to go into this as a career or consider this as a career which thank goodness I did because the other way I was leaning was journalism so <laughs> so I feel like that was the right bet <laughs> for me anyway you, you could still be a journalist you could have a blog <laughs> I did at one point <laughs> I remember uh Yeah, I mean, the other, the other sort of, you know, inspiration for me, I think, was, I again, mean, music was a big inspiration. I remember, I remember doing first, you know, MIDI stuff and, and you, know, you know, programming computers to play Christmas carols and stuff. That was, that was an interesting thing. But um, I think the, the other thing that I think for me, at least sort of, you know, was inspirational about and really why I knew I wanted to stay in tech was um, just the first time I was able to email my father. Mm. Uh, my parents were living overseas again at the time. And um, I had worked with his office manager to be able to set up. And, you know, I had a BitNet account um, and he had some Sprint, you know, account for work that I used to file stories back and forth. And we found if we formatted the email address um, in such a way, you know, my, you know, my address at some Sprint, some intermediate gateway at some Sprint gateway, you know, with his address, it would route through. 
um, and route, you know, it would route, route across the various things, you know, pre, pre-internet days when everybody had, a, you know, an, um, a .com or a .net address. Um, and just the fact that, you know, we could actually communicate asynchronously and, and the power of that. Um, and that was also the same time I was, I was in, I was in college and I remember I needed to, to get, I needed to get some file or something for work and for, for a, a project. And I had to download it off of an FTP site in Australia. And just that, that, you know, the fact that I could reach out from, you know, my basement and go and pull something from Australia and pull it back, you know, and the fact that I could have that connection, both emailing my father in Moscow and pulling something from Australia. And it was just like I was without leaving the room and it was simultaneous and no lag was just sort of a, an eye opening eureka moment for me that, you know, the Internet is going to be a thing. You know, and again, this is, you know, before 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 the real Internet. Um, um, was out there, you know, before web browsers and everything else, and it was just with the fact that you had these connections that you could make and reach out and touch someone or grab something or put something, um, you know. And I made a couple of friends on bulletin boards and stuff at the time, and you know, um, around you know gay Star Trek stuff, and just we were communicating back and forth. The fact we had this community that, that spanned the world, so that I think was a, an eye-opening moment for me. I was like, wow, this is something amazing and incredible, and that we, that we can actually do this. Yeah, that's amazing. Like, I, yeah. I I used to do a lot over YTalk with my high school sweetheart mm-hmm. who was yep. um, off at college and I was still in high school and long distance bills from St. Louis to Chicago were expensive. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we would we would hop on his college account and talk through YTalk, YTalk. And I think we, yep. we held on to that relationship for for about a year um, and that would never have worked in either way. <laughs> So, so I guess, I guess there was a blessing and a curse for that one. But then later, um, when my brother deployed to Fallujah, like being able to email him instead of writing him a letter that would take, you know, weeks and weeks and months to get there, (laughs) I could, I could email him like every day and know that he was receiving it on the other end, you know, through, through some form in a, in a much more timely manner. Um, so that kind of kept us going for, for a long time and kind of kept the stress, I think, of, of your loved one being over in a place that's like in the shit on the news. <laughs> you know? So, so definitely held, held me together and, and kept the positivity going. Yeah. It's interesting how just like the advancements in, in technology and in different social media platforms and everything has has allowed, you know, people to, even though they're, you know, separated by, you know, thousands and thousands of miles to still be able to feel like, you know, maybe not sitting in the same room, but, you know, sitting, you know, close, close enough. Right. So the, you know, the thing I think about is, you know, the three of us, right. We haven't been physically together in many years. It's been, it's been a long time since we've had any type of an event or something like that, Mm -hmm. that we've been able to do it. But still, when I think about, you know, who are the people that are like closest in terms of the ones that I really hang out with on a regular basis? It's because of this. It's the podcast and the way we communicate and how we sort of chat going back and forth talking about things for the show or whatever irrelevant stuff. And it's just kind of cool because I think, you know, even as far back as 10 years ago, the fact that we've got thousands of miles minimally separating us, but still we're able to continue to, you know, we're all doing different things, working for different companies, focused on different stuff, different chapters of life and things like that. But still we're able to, you know, stay, I consider it to be very close. It's, it's kind of a cool thing. So that's a, that's a big inspiration in terms of how things have changed. Uh, whereas again, it wasn't all that long ago where, where, you know, this type of, engagement interaction and just being able to stay close was was really not i wouldn't say possible it was always possible but we would need melissa writing some special code and colin having to you know spend budget on you know super specialized hardware to do that now we're just you know we're using a a a zoom and a a free podcast um software right so it's kind of cool yeah so other things i mean how did you guys like what was your guys' first word processor, and what did you and what did you think of it? Mine was a typewriter. <laughs> what did I think about it? I thought it was great. I was like, "Oh my no. god, you can buy this magic white ink, and you can paint over no. stuff." And then, yeah. you know what I meant, Scott? Like when you first when you first switched to typing on a computer. Um, it, well, actually, my first computer was still a typewriter. 
um, but it wasn't. It was kind of a kind of a hybrid typewriter computer where it it didn't have like the traditional you know where it would actually physically strike a key to make an imprint on the paper. It was basically yeah. kind of a um, uh, like a dot matrix sort of a printer sort of a sort of a mechanism, and it would have memory so that you could go back in. But it wasn't very user friendly because it was yeah. you know very linear and you had to go line by line. Yeah, it was basically see. a typewriter with a buffer memory. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. But that was that was the first thing, and I thought that that was really cool. But my first um, actual computer was what was in fact an Apple. Um, you know, with the with the three and a half inch floppies and being able to, and, and that was kind of a cool thing, to not have to go to a computer lab anymore to actually be able to afford and have something that you could, um, you know, actually operate on your own was definitely kind of cool. Cool. No. I just got a I just got a new addition to my shelf. Oh, you're oh you're pointing so you're pointing up and I'm I'm like adjusting my microphone because oh. I'm like oh my god he yeah. can't hear me and I don't know I don't know what the yeah the Mac is beautiful the Mac thank is you, beautiful yes. yeah, thank you. yes yes classic a classic Mac sits behind me now looks over my shoulder yes yeah, man yeah. Oh, I'm trying to remember my first word processor oh. it was something on the compact it was blue oh. screen with like white oh. characters. Of course, there was a typewriter in our home before that. Um, yeah. but my mom was working her way through school. The first one that I remember is WordPerfect. Mine was yes. WordStar. I, WordStar, which is which always we had weird commands and stuff. It was very Unixy almost. Yeah, I remember WordStar. Yeah. yeah. I, I even remember it was it was WordPerfect 5.0 was the big release. <sighs> And I don't even remember. All I know is that you had to have 5.0 because if you didn't have 5.0, then you know you were basically you know chiseling characters into char characters into a, a piece of concrete at the time. So, um, WordPerfect 5.0 was the uh, was the one to have. So I do remember that. Yeah, wasn't that one with like like for some reason? I just, so you said that like stuff popped into my head while yeah. it was there. Like like Alt F5 and sh and Shift F8. Like those. Yes. Like, <laughs> what what did those do? Now I got to go look those up. Like remember that those like those are like, like save or. Like, yeah, weird... it was it was all super yeah. obs obscure. I could remember it if it was VI, but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, Word Perfect. Like uh, my grandmother actually took me to a college level Word Perfect course. And we sat down side by side trying to figure it out together. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's why I probably remember it is because all those commands got like bored into my brain at that yeah. time. But <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah that, and then I think the other big thing that changed is I'll, I'll call it file sharing. Uh, mm -hmm. But just being able to have easier ways of being able to distribute content. I'll, I'll give you a great example. So one of our, our newer members of the team, um, she has a, a video that she wants to, she, she was actually told, hey, share this with the group. And it's like this, I don't know, it's like this 400 megabyte file. And she's like, well, what do I do with it? You know, do I put it out on Teams or do I, you know, where, where, where do I stick this so that people can access the file? And I said, first off, ain't nobody going to download no 400 megabyte file, right? That's you can that's you could quote that on the on the on the um, the description of the podcast. Ain't no one going to download no 400 megabyte file. So no one's going to do it. If you click on that and all of a sudden you make people wait, they're not going to do it. I said, what you want to do is take it and upload it up to YouTube, create a link, and then just send the link out. And then people from anywhere that they want, they can, they can click on that link. And her first question was like, can we do that? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I, no one said why you couldn't do that. So I would assume that there shouldn't be any rule against it because you're just putting a, a, a file out there and you're going to make it a lot easier because no one's going to have to sit there and wait, maybe not minutes, but definitely seconds in order to download this big file in order to access it. So just make it easy and, and, and stick it out there. But but again, it's like those types of things. You, Colin and Melissa remember the old days where, you know, when we needed a, a, a file that we had to share, we put it on an FTP site. And remember, I mean, it was like easier to come up with a magic potion for invisibility than it was to figure out how to retrieve a file from an FTP site. It was like, I don't remember how to do any of that stuff. Oh, I, so, I remember all that stuff. Well, I also remember like waiting a year for the ASCII art to load. Yes. <laughs> I'm old. 
<laughs> and I think you have a cloak in, of invisibility as well, so that yeah. would kind of go hand in hand with that. Oh yeah, and I, I knew I knew all the, the FTP commands. B get, you know, M get, M get, yeah, yep, 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 yep. What was it? Um, binary. But yeah, yeah get was binary. You can set it to set, set it binary, then you M get, you allow you get multiple files. And like you could most to turn verbose mode on and off. Um, there's yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the dash yeah. V, right? Dash V, yeah, right. Yes, all these things, yeah. For that, for I, the... I also remember. I also remember because um, I was sort of an adventurous, you know, um, early twenty something when I was doing this. Um, how to how to uh, how to take the 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 bin hex files and reassemble them from multiple parts back into an actual image. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. Yes. Where people were posting, Speaking. people would scan images, yes, uh, convert them into, into into text, then break them up into parts, and then post them. So you'd have like ten files you'd have to download and reassemble to get one image, and it literally took like an hour to get one naked per, naked picture. And and they weren't even that good, and they weren't even that good. So disappointing. But but the, 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 the cool thing about that is like you tell a story like and I, I think for, for most people it's like whoosh, it goes right over the head. They don't they don't get that, right? But like for the for the for the people that live in tech and like do this and you say, Oh yeah, I remember that and oh yeah, and it was so hard and you're like, Oh yeah and it takes you back and it's like almost walking into somebody's house and saying, you know, Oh, here's my furniture. I built everything but by hand from scratch, I went out, I chopped down the tree and I milled everything and I did all of this because it was like literally that complicated to do a lot of the things that people sort of take for granted. It's like a file. How hard could it be to share a file? You're right. It's not hard to share a file when it's like 20 KB. But when you want to share something that, you know, back in the day was, you know, hundreds of megabytes and today, you know, multiple gigabytes, it's it's not that easy because the technology that's pervasive yeah. isn't things that were built to be able to handle those types of large files. So it's it's yeah. interesting well, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everything originally was text-based. Uh, you know, it was text art. You know, you could convert images to text, et cetera. I, but I remember I went into the computer lab at Georgetown one Saturday morning because I worked there, uh, and I was just to get online, basically to get online and do stuff because I didn't want to have to, you know. I was I was I got breakfast on campus or something and I so I'm just gonna hang out in the lab. Um, the lab wasn't open. Let myself in, and one of my coworkers was there, a grad student, a guy named Jay. And I was like, "What are you working on?" And he was working on his little Vax edition. He was compiling Mosaic oh. for the first time. And I was like, "What's this?" And he's like, "It's a it's a it's a browser." And I remember saying, "Wait, you're actually getting images showing you real time?" He's like, "Yes, this is coming from you know you can buy the browser and he showed me something from CERN and someplace else." And just the fact that you could get that by clicking and pointing and not having to do all these arcane commands um, and post-processing and it just showed up there was 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 sort of mind-blowing and that was again another eureka moment where it's like wow you know you know because I, I was teaching people how to use ftp and gopher and all these other text-based tools and this was you know this was a, a, a tool that you really don't need to teach people that anymore right yeah, you're going back. You're going back to the era of like war games with Matthew Broderick. Shall we play a game? Kind of, sort of. You know, in terms of you know, everything was dial up back in those days. There was no, you know, kind of internet like we know the internet to be today as being so pervasive. So it's a, uh, it's it, it is kind of cool. I I will tell you this. It's it's interesting. Like, you know, we we kind of kid about you know the the stuff that we that we've dealt with for for a lot of years and just sort of this. This knowledge base of of facts and details that I think for most people they don't get it they don't understand it they don't appreciate you know just the you know the um um the the the, the banality really <laughs> what it is of of like knowing all of this stuff and tracking it because outside of the circle it's it's difficult for people to do that so I, I had a um I'll tell you this inside baseball stuff so I had a call today and the whole subject of RPQs came up and someone and someone said well what is what does RPQ stand for and somebody piped up and said uh, request for uh, it, it, they had it wrong. Re uh, request for product qualification and they're like everybody's like oh yeah yeah and they're like all chiming in and there was like there were a number of people on the call and i chime and i said well that's what it stands for today that's not what it stood for and then someone challenged me i said no no that, that's what it stands for i said no it stands for request for price quote no it doesn't i yes, said it does. i said <laughs> oh yes it does 
Yes, and they is. said, they said, yeah, you said, are you sure? I said, yeah, it's, it's like an IBM thing from like 100 years ago that everybody kind of used where you wanted to go in. You had, because you were changing something, you had to get a price quote because you didn't sell thousands of these things. You sold like three. So if you wanted to change something, we're talking like punch card days, right? When that, and they're like, oh, you're out of your mind, right? <laughs> so I do a quick Google search. Wikipedia, boom, it comes right up. I go ahead and I put it in the uh, the chat and I send it all out. I was like, don't ever doubt me. Don't ever doubt the old man over here because believe me, I don't forget stuff like that. So, But again, it's it's the, the appreciation for kind of the minutiae and the details because, I don't know, does it really matter? Probably not. But still, you know, this is why people still don't know what RAID stands for. It's, you know... Or, or, you know, stupid stuff like that. It's like, that's not what it really means. But anyway, I'm, I'm getting all nostalgic. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, Melissa, any other inspirations from you? I'd say there was an inspirational moment in technology after I changed from doing implementation and, and went into pre-sales and I hit my first tech conference. Um, where I walked into the show floor for the first time and there's lights and like all the big things and, you know, it's, it's its own Vegas <laughs> going in, uh, especially for the first time, especially with my background going, just looking around and going, this is not a world th that would have been possible in my mind even a decade ago. And, and kind of, even when I was in school, like, like studying to do this stuff, it was just a moment of like this Alice in Wonderland kind of overwhelming feeling to see like all the big, beautiful things and whatnot. And every time I go to a conference, I try to like, remember that, but now it's just like old hat. <laughs> so, so I do try to remember, you know, that first time feeling and try to bring that spirit because it's always somebody's first time being there. But um, but a lot of my life in tech has, has felt a lot of that kind of Alice in Wonderland feeling, right? Where it's like, it's like, oh, wow, look at all these cool things we can do. Look at how amazing it can be. Oh, just laugh at me. Fine. No, I'm not. Oh, I don't because, well, because what I'm thinking of is it, it, is it totally reminds me of like the first time you go to Disney. It's like, oh, my God, we're here. The happiest place on earth. This is amazing. Look at this. Look at this. Mickey over there. And oh, my God, we're going to go on the rides. This is amazing. And then it's like, wait a minute, three hours? I got to stand in line for three hours for a 60-second ride? This sucks, right? And then it's like, oh my god! And then it's like, and then you have to go back because at some point in time you have to go back. It's like, oh, I gotta go back to Disney. Oh my god, this is gonna be so brutal. The oppressive heat, the long lines, the just the expensive everything. Oh, but but I get it. Like it's the first time you show up. It's like this is amazing, and everything is like bright and shiny, and you know it's you know. It's just. It, Aren't you the this. guy that goes to Disney at least once a year? Um, <laughs> by uh, I've been under, like twice under, in my life. So. Under <laughs> under 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 duress. Under, under duress. <laughs> so yeah, we go. We literally go to Disney. And we're there for a week, and we go on three rides because every ride takes like six hours. Um, maybe not six hours, but like the whole ordeal of like doing that. So. Um, that I, I, I'm convinced there's better ways to, to spend your time and money to do things that are, I think are a lot more interesting and inspiring than, you know, going on, you know, although the Millennium Falcon would be kind of cool to ride, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I could give up, you know, three hours of my life to go and experience that. I could watch it on YouTube and get kind of the gist of what goes on. I have hacks for that. It, it was yeah, and and um, we did this. You we did a speed pass, and it took. Um, it was only like an hour. That's not yeah. Yeah, but you didn't go. So you didn't go during school vacation week. Oh no. So oh, no. okay, right. So you know the supply and demand. You went when there was a low demand and you know plenty oh, of supply. I went when there was you know unbelievable demand and literally no supply. I still have a hack for that. I'm not putting it on the podcast. Oh, no, oh, no you're, 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 you're asked for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought, what I thought you were going to say, Melissa, is I think, at least for me, you know, being a gay man, I think 
you know, one of the things that I discovered through technology, again, was, you know, besides, you know, you know, you know, hex encoded porn um, was, was, you know, other gays, other, uh, you know, other gay, particularly other gay geeks. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that was, you know, and I remember, you know, being on, on Usenet bulletin, Usenet boards, right? Uh, for folks who don't know what Usenet is, uh, Usenet um, were these internet news groups um, where you could, you had discussions about various things and they were, they were sort of a, a shared system. They were copied from various servers. Um, you know, there was no central server. It wasn't like a bulletin board. And so you could log on and you could post things, you could talk things and just having, you know, topics and conversations with other people who I didn't know was sort of eye opening. Um, and sort of, you know, that there's a whole world of people like me out there who are, you know, also gay and also geeky. Um, um, and, you know, I mean, it's a shame. I think Usenets are sort of, um, I, remember, I remember the day that Usenets were, were opened up to, fit, to uh, um, AOL and all the AOL users came on and ugh, overwhelmed it. Uh, that sort of was the death of it then. But, you know, now again, you've, you've got, you know, web-based bulletin boards and chat groups and everything else that sort of replaced that. But um, trivia question, or a little trivia for the folks who don't know, Usenet was the source of the term for flame, for fac, and spam. So those are all original Usenet terms that then migrated over to the general internet when um, um, when the internet sort of became more broadly available. So yeah, so just FYI, I did not mm -hmm. know that. Yep, mm -hmm. yep, yep, mm -hmm. yep. Because all the bulletin, all the Usenet groups had facts, FAQs, right? And that's where it comes from. Yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, I mean, you had to read the FAQ before you posted anything. You know, uh, you know. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but but I have to correct you on one thing, Colin. Well, there may be a lot of gay people who are geeks, but they are yeah. definitely not like you. So let me just <laughs> set the record straight. You are a snowflake, as they would say. <laughs> in the good way, though. Yes. Oh, an amazing way. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but the funny thing about for the funny thing about FAQ or FAQ, I actually used one for um um we, when we did this birthday. A couple about two, in February, where we went out of town. Um, for the people who were going, I sent around that I, I sent around an FAQ list, and and like you could tell, like, I it, it's so ingrained in me. It's like, oh, here's the fact. People are like, what's a fact? <laughs> like, you know, people who are non-technical yes. like, don't understand it. You know, and you, it's like, it's like, what is this? Like, oh, this is really good. I'm like, yeah, this is sort of what I do for a living. <laughs> right? Yeah, anticipate stupid questions you're going to ask and answer them. But at least you guys all read them. Yes. Yeah. It's an efficient way of communicating, for sure. Totally. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. In fact, predates the web. Yeah. So things things existed before the web. A lot of things got incorporated into it and all these other various networks. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. So Colin's talking about FAQs. I'm talking about RPQs. Qs, yeah. Melissa, what what cues? What's your cue? What's your cue? Yes. What's your cue on your <laughs> list? <laughs> You got a good one? Oh, goodness. The one where the gang discusses the cues. That's going to be on the, on the tweet. Avenue Q, maybe. Ooh. <laughs> that was around the time of Napster, wasn't it? Um. No, was it wasn't. Uh, maybe it was after. But um, but definitely something I discovered on the internet was Avenue Q, which still is, is a part of my own personal therapy routine. I, I love Avenue Q. Yes, yes. Same. Uh oh, Scott looks like he's looking it up. No, no, I know we've so we've talked about this. Right, yeah, the musical, the musical. Right, yes. okay, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yep, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on your playlist, oh, right? Yes, yeah, we, yeah. Yes, it's definitely on my playlist. Um, more than one, but yeah, I've I've definitely discovered a lot of ways to find mentors online, um, whether it be for umpiring or now. Now that I'm umpire in chief for my league, finding finding other umpire in chiefs and being like, "What do you do with all this mess?" Um, but then, but then to you know, other women in technology, other other people, um, not only to um, to find mentors, but to mentor others as well, and and find like build that network out, um, kind of. To what you were saying, Colin, like find others like me and <laughs> and talk to them and help them. Yeah, I've I've done a lot of that on the professional side for sure. Your poor puppy. 
I know he wants. He looks like he might want in, but he's not sure he wants in. No, he wants in. He wants in. I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna <laughs> let him in. So yeah, someone say someone say something. I open the door, and let him in. Uh, it's actually it's, it's not mine. I'm dog sitting for my mom, and so he's sort of a little oh, lost. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah. because the other puppy you have does not enter through the basement. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It goes oh. out through the base. Goes out through the basement, but comes in comes through in the front through the door. Yes. Yeah. So yes. in through the in through the outdoor. Great album. Yeah. yeah. This this one this one has to be special. Yes. You know, he just wants to go to bed. He's his 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 crate is down here. He just walked into his crate. He's tired. He's, <laughs> he's done. He's done. Yeah. It's he's still lonely. daylight he's, out. What are you he's talking lonely. about? He's lonely. He's missing my mom. He's just he's been up. Yeah. He hasn't been sleeping all day. So yeah. He's just yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. How is your mom? She's doing well. She's doing well. She's in she's in Palm Springs for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So um. So she's she's living it up. Yeah. She she's like oh you should come to Palm Springs. Be some. I was like mom, if I'm going to Palm Springs, I'm not going with you. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I don't believe that because I think if you went with your mom, you would have an amazing time. I totally would. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You totally would. So, yeah. um, should go to Palm Springs with your mom, Colin. <laughs> no. for, you for should. You should out. plan a, a more fun trip with your mom. Yeah, 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 I yeah, miss yeah. my mom. <laughs> I do yeah. that in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, and I think she turns um she turns eighty next year, so we're gonna do something fun next year. Yeah, so. That'll be so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And she's super techie. Like, actually, that, that's the other thing. So tech inspiration, like, um, I, I don't know if I mentioned this in the, on the podcast before, but um, I gave her my old original Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, I mean, she she, was, she asked about it. And, she, you know, my mom has been a bit techie. I get sort of my interest in tech from her. She wrote pseudocode in the 70s for um, the IRS and stuff. She did some in, weird, interesting, weird shit. Um, but um, I gave her my old Apple Watch, and... Uh, I can't remember what the reason was. I mean, but what I didn't think about was, is that she's, you know, she's in great health. She's high energy. She travels a lot, et cetera. Um, but she's losing her hearing. Um, that's the one that's going with her. And the fact that the tactics on the, on the watch when her phone rings has made her much more responsive, much more, uh, you know, uh, available. And just that, and, just like, and listening, she's like, "Oh yeah, I can hear, my, I, I can answer." My, and like, she, she's the only, she's the only person I know who primarily answers her phone on her watch. Like, you know, she will take almost every call on that because it's there, it's on her at all times, and it's just enabled the whole, you know, it's enabled her to, to, you know, be much more responsive and connected to her, to her phone, which and then, and then for the rest of the world, because I would call her, you know, before, and it would be in her purse or something, and it would be ringing, but she wouldn't hear it. Um, yeah, and actually, one time she actually decided to change it to the sound of a dog barking. So then she just thought it was her dog barking, just not smart. But the, the, the tactics and stuff, and you know, when I send her a message or when I call her, you know, she's, it's um, it's been sort of liberating for her, and at least for me, not worrying because I know if I need to get hold of her, it's on her wrist and stare, and she, she'll she'll respond. I don't have to worry about you know. That. Do you do you have your own special ringtone? So when you call her, it's a special ringtone that identifies you as the caller. No, not really. You haven't done that? No. Huh. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge special ringtone person, unlike you, Scott. Well, so, uh, right. So, but I do that because, like, when she gets a call, because, like, she doesn't leave, my mom doesn't leave it on vibrate. It's got to be, you know, the ringer. It has to be, like, on as loud as possible. So it has to, like, reverberate uh, through the house. And I'm sure you all know what my ringtone is, right? It is. The theme from Star Wars, That's, right? Yes, exactly. yes. Mm-hmm. not the other one. I know the story you're thinking of. <laughs> yes, we're not allowed to go there. You're not allowed to go there. <laughs> no, we are not allowed to go there. No, please. We'll put that into the show notes for those that are still listening. Okay, <laughs> to you want to tell the story? Go ahead, tell the story. <laughs> so uh, we were, yeah, we were doing. Oh my God, he's going to tell the story. Go ahead. Well, no, I, okay. well, yeah. Um. 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 We so we were doing we were doing a, a, an EMC world, and we were we had a, a graph that we were showing, uh, a, a v, a, a symmetric or no a VMAT at the time versus um, uh, three par right so, through a replication uh, like a replication restart or resync or something and how quickly it came back and and like you know again it was a usual Brian thing there's good and there's bad right so the bad and so Brian's like we need to have music to highlight why it's bad to reinforce it. And um, and this, we were airing this on the fifth of May. And so he, at one point he's like, he's like, 
he's like, you should play La Cucaracha. And it's like, neither Scott and I liked it, you know, like, it it really wasn't just an awkward song. And so two weeks before I'm in Moscow um, uh, for a a couple days of presentation, and I'm sitting there thinking about it alone, you know, having having a glass of vodka at night. And I'm like, oh wait, it needs to be the Imperial March from from Star Wars. And so I I email Scott immediately and I say, Scott, like, no, no, it's not like a Russia. It's the Imperial March from from Star Wars. So just so everybody knows. Maybe when I called you, maybe even called you because I was like, yeah, what it was and. And um, and Scott's like, Scott's like, he's like, oh yeah, I have that. It's my theme song. It's my ringtone for someone. Someone I know. <laughs> yeah, someone right. I know. Yeah. He's like, I was like, oh yes, yeah, yeah. But and so it's it's interesting how you remember that story because I remember you calling and being so excited about it, and I was like, dude, I already have the slide. I've got the image. I got the graphic. I have like the the musical notes for it. I had it already all laid out. But yeah, it was a. That wasn't that was an easy one. So I don't know how we got on. Oh, ringtones. We were talking about ringtones. Yeah, that was um, that, that was kind of cool. Um, now where do we go? Episode four. Episode forty-five. Episode forty-six. No, that's well. Forty-five is where we're on right now. Forty-six. Yes. You want to talk about forty-six? We could talk about forty-six. I got it all laid out right here. Oh, yeah. You're up next for 36? I am. Yes, I yeah. So I think this was close to the one-year anniversary. I think mine will be a little bit closer. So I don't know if we want to call it the anniversary special or I don't know what we'll call it. But it'll be it'll be episode 46, which will be kind of cool. And I wanted to do like a real wine. And the fact that I didn't want to be like, you know, oh, just go out and get whatever. But we should uh, we should do something that we haven't done before. And it's hard to find something that we haven't done before because we've done lots of different wines. We've done, you know, the Pinot Grigios. We've done the Rosés. We've done things that were soaked in, you know, tequila barrels and things like that. So we've been all over the place. And I thought one of the ones we haven't tried and one that I haven't tried that I would really – Maybe I've tried it, but I don't remember trying it. Is a, a Beaujolais. So a nice and part of the reason is because, you know, it's a it's a fruity, low tannin, low alcohol wine, something that I haven't drank a lot of. And I know Colin has spent a lot of time uh, over uh, in France uh, doing, you know, his bike riding and, you know, the whole wine tour. And I'm sure he's got lots of uh, good details around what a Beaujolais is and why it's different. It's from the Burgundy region, but it's a little bit of a different part of the Burgundy region. So I thought it would be kind of cool to talk about that and learn a little bit more about wine because I, I find those to be pretty fun um, doing the research and getting kind of the background. It helps me as somebody that likes to drink wine kind of know what I'm getting myself into. So I thought that would be good. And then for the tech topic – um, I had so, a, I, before you go that can I ask some questions? Yes, please. Is do. it any Beaujolais or Beaujolais Nouveau? It is open to interpretation. Okay, okay so, so let's Beaujolais. just leave it at that. Okay, you just have a story and and bring it, right? So some uh, French wine from the Burgundy region of Beaujolais, right? How about that? We'll just leave it at that and then go go from there, right? Um, and then from a, a, a tech topic perspective, um, I kind of like we did it. We've done it loosely in a couple of different episodes, but I thought it would be fun to kind of call it out as a specific topic. And that is um, what I'm calling tech hacks and habits. What are some of the, you know, the hacks that you use? And it could be things like on the keyboard in order to simplify commands and not having to go through, you know, specific workflows to get things to happen to, you know, how are, you know, how is Melissa cutting the line at Disney? So all of these people standing in line that have paid the exact same. I am not putting that on. No? (laughs) No, I'm not putting that on the podcast. (laughs) I will share it with with you and with Colin and that's it. Okay. All right. All right. So, but let's just say tech hack. So as an example, how could you like move yourself to the front of the line, you know, to kind of avoid having to. To weigh with so just tech hacks and if you might not have a hack how about a habit because i've got a lot of habits um that i think 
you know, I talk to people all the time about things. So, you know, one of the things I'll give you an example, quick example. So we're in kind of goal writing season here for, for where I work and everybody's, you know, they're, they're, they're crafting their goals and, you know, wordsmithing things and getting input and all this stuff. So it's a great process to kind of figure out, okay, what do we, what do we want to get done, you know, for the next, you know, um, several months. And one of the, one of the, the habits that I always have is whenever I do a, you guys know this. You're going to make fun of me. Here's, here's, here, here comes the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the beating session right now. So when I, when I always, when I write my goals, I always will go ahead and uh, put it into a Word doc. And depending on how far it goes back, I will actually print that Word doc because I want to have, you know, here's a, a record of this goal that I had for this year because platforms are going to change and you're not going to be able to see stuff that you did years ago, but it's always kind of cool to maintain kind of a folder, if you would, of, of all of those things. So for the newer people that are coming into the organization that are going through this process for the first time, one of the habits that I, that I, you know, suggest that they do is to create a permanent personal, you know, version of that. So no matter where you go, five years, 10 years, 20 years down the line, it's kind of cool to be able to have that thing. And if you just have the habit that whenever you fill this out, you know, hit save, maybe not printed anymore, but just hit save and put it someplace so that you can kind of access that, right? It's like, a, it's like you know, the, the family album where you would have pictures going back, you know, from, you know, you know, years and years and years ago. It's kind of like that same thing, but just from a, a personal perspective. So I'll, again, it was doing that, you know, just in the last, you know, couple of days. So I thought that would be a good thing to talk about. I, we already talked about now, so we're kind of ruining it for the next episode, but I've got plenty of yep, habits yep. that we can talk about. Oh, yeah. Habits. I get that. Habits. Yeah, definitely. Cool. All right. So we're going to drink Beaujolais from anywhere. Open to interpretation. No, you can only drink Beaujolais from Beaujolais, but you can drink... There, there are different grades and types of Beaujolais. Well, that's what I'm saying. Which we'll learn about next week. Yes, I'm excited. Yes. Next time I go to a restaurant, I'm going to ask them, I'll say, excuse me, do you have any Beaujolais? Because I just like saying Beaujolais. It's just a great... Just great pronunciation. All right, Colin. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. Yes. This is why I knew this would be a good one. Yeah. All right, bring us home. Bring us home. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Um, final sips of the wine, folks. Uh, Scott's drinking his red. I'm going to pour myself wait, a wait, little picture, more. Picture, picture, oh, yeah, picture. We got a picture, yes. Now that you're we back are... on cam. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're addressing technical difficulties. Okay, everybody, can you see the picture? Everybody smile. Yep. yep. Cool. Got purple teeth from the wine. Actually, that's a good picture. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. I hope you appreciate this episode. Um, and I hope we're ushering in a good summer for you with our summer wine selections. Please try them all um, next time you're out chilling in, in someplace warm. Um, by the pool or on, under a patio or barbecuing, et cetera. I think I actually think Scott's choice is a great choice for barbecue. Um, um, but I forgot to say that earlier. I think it's a great barbecue one. Um, but anyhow, um, I'm signing off. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll let everybody else sign themselves up. Did you just invite us? Thank you. <laughs> I, I think I think Colin just invited us over for barbecue. He totally did. I'll be there. <laughs> Peace out, everybody. Thank you for joining. Good tech, good wife.